Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm Ian Parkinson. This is the Ruler podcast supported by Lacquer, bicycle insurance powered by the community. Strictly speaking, this is the Ruler Desire podcast to mark the special edition of the magazine devoted entirely to bikes, kit and clothing. I'll be discussing the latest developments and fashions in cycling with Ruler's managing editor, Ian Cleverly, the editor of the Desire section, Stuart Clapp, marketing executive, Miles Baker-Clark, and the man who shot most of the pictures in the edition and indeed for the Desire section generally, Benedict Campbell, who hopefully will be telling us how to take great pictures of bikes. So, Ian Cleverly, first of all, what's the idea behind the Special Desire edition? It's been well received since we've been doing it, which I'm not sure how long it is, a couple of years now, I think. And so we thought, why not go the whole hog and um, do a whole edition, um, which was quite a mammoth undertaking. The result, I have to say, I'm really pleased with. It looks amazing. In some ways, it's a sort of a reflection of the fact there's much more choice in bikes and kit around now than when Rouleau started, isn't it? Massively. I mean, if you think back just over a decade when Rafa started, they were kind of pioneers and, and definitely led the way for the numerous clothing manufacturers that are out there now uh, in, a, in, a, in a, a not dissimilar vein and bike wise it's not just the the major manufacturers there there are all sorts of lovely little niche brands doing wonderful stuff and we've definitely tried to include those in the issue so it's not just the usual suspects we've gone out and sought stuff that's new and up and coming and uh, and just looks great and anything that's interesting looking it's in. Stuart Clapp, good to see you in the flesh rather than at the end of a line where you normally are. It does mean I can't fade you out when you get dull, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Usually when we're discussing, we're having our recordings, I'm looking out the window and now I'm looking out the window and I can see London, uh, rooftops of London. It's really sunny today, just setting a scene for the listeners. Uh, yeah, how are you, Ian? I'm I, very good. I didn't, um, I didn't realise you were this handsome in real life. <laughs> uh, so there's far more uh, bike brands, but also the other thing, um, which I, I know you're particularly interested in, Stuart, is, is the number of sort of uh, boutique and niche clothing brands that have sprung up, seemingly sort of in the past couple of years. Really. Yeah, massively. There's, I mean, someone messaged me a little while ago and, and said about, I need to get some custom kit made, how do I go about it? And I... I I didn't realise what he was talking about was he needed a service brand to produce some kit. And I said, why don't you just do your own own brand, market it through social media? Because that's what a lot of brands have done. And you, there is, you can have a 
pop at social media being the, the evil of society. But if you're a fledgling brand, you're never going to compete, but you are going to chip away at the share that, you know, Castelli and things like that. But the guys like Castelli and, and you know, some of the bigger brands like Asos and things like that don't mind seeing their product, which is what we've done with Desire alongside these smaller brands. It's like, you know, there's a lot out there now and... And it is easier. I spend quite a lot of time. I rub my thumbprint away on Instagram looking for brands like this. And um, it's really nice to sh- give light to them. Some of them are super cool um, to sit alongside. Like Ostroy we had in there where they shot, Benedict shot it. We shot it on the first day we got in, into France uh, to the chateau around a swimming pool. And there was talk of getting in it, but it was about three degrees. And even though it looks really sunny... Uh, it wasn't. But we, yeah, I, don't, I didn't get in, but I just sort of camped it up, drank some champagne uh, around by the pool. Do you think we've reached peak brand yet? Do you think, you know, we've got to the point where the market's a bit overcrowded, both in bikes and in fashion? Yeah, possibly. There's, there's loads out there. There is loads, but it depends on how much of that share you want. Bike-wise, there's, you know, uh, we, we discussed this a couple of weeks back about you know, gravel bikes being in the issue that, that's out at the moment. And they are like the ultimate N plus one. You know, people had a cross bike. Why can't you use a cross bike? But I don't know. It's, there's, there's a lot of choice, but there's also a lot of people that want to spend money on bikes, including me. Well, you've raised the subject of gravel bikes. I was yeah. not going to mention them. But yeah, I mean, I've, um, I've been, always been very sceptical about them because I've got a cross bike and that seems to do the same job. It has yeah. to be said... I've been quite tempted by those funny handlebars. What's the point of them? No idea. They're utterly ridiculous. No, uh, no I, uh, I don't get them either. Maybe no. I could chime in here. Go on, yeah, you're in. Miles is up. The thing about flare bars is, and I think aesthetically speaking aside, you know, that's a whole different argument. The idea is really for bike packing, so you could fit Oh. Handlebar bags between your handlebars. That makes oh. sense. Yeah, because you still Thank want to be able you. to use your drops, but you also want to carry a big old bag on the front with all your food in. So bring in flare bars. Now you can do both. You get the stability of the flare. Yeah. It's just that without without the bag in there, you know, I'd, I'd definitely champion that they do look a bit funny. And on a cross bike, I mean, maybe a cross rider would like to chime in and, and take over, but. I can't see how they have a benefit there. But the, the room pot rider in the Tour of Britain last week who was using them, I'm, I'm guessing he's not going to be putting a big bag on the front of his um, bars and, and no. riding home. I, I don't I They're don't compact, it. aren't they? They're effectively, they're like wide compacts, so maybe yeah. it's just more comfortable. The ones that I've seen uh, that people ride without bags tend to be really narrow bars at the, on the lever side, and then they flare out like four centimetres sometimes each side. So it changes dynamics of the bars. But I I mean, they were, have you seen Jones bars? Do you know what Jones mm. bars are? Yeah. I used to have a pair of those, and it took me a long time to get pluck up courage to have them because they looked mm. so weird. But yeah. when you actually start using them, it's like, wow, they kind of work. Mm. There was that, t- it's the Tatishi, isn't it, that's in, mm. in the Mac, the, the flexi gravel, the one, the one they brought down to the chute in... Southampton Way, wherever we were. New Forest? Down yeah. there. Down there. And, uh, and when that came, the bikes were amazing, but I, I couldn't stop looking at the bars. No, I, they don't uh, do it for me. No. Yeah. Let's go back to Rompot a second there. You, if you're squeezing through a gap, 
you're going to make friends, aren't you, in, <laughs> aren't in you? a bunch there? Oh, just sorry, mate, donk. Coming through. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe that's the way. I, someone, I remember when, back when I was, I was racing badly, someone said to me, if anyone gets too close to you on a climb, get up, out your saddle, and just shake your bike more than you normally would, and then you'll get more room. Maybe he's gone, I'll get a bit of room in the bunch here if I wear, ride these well, these People bars. would certainly stay out of your way, wouldn't they? I would, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. That's got to be why he's doing it. Yeah. Or it's a cry for help. <laughs> uh, Benedict, um, we'll talk a little bit about the sort of technicalities maybe of uh, taking pictures of bikes um, later on, but uh, they're quite boring subjects, aren't they? How, how do you generally, because largely they all look very similar, how do you make them come alive? Well, that's, that's basically the beauty of it. They are all the same. They have the same kind of shape, geometry, two wheels... And most magazines and most people expect to see them what was called dead side, so at 90 degrees. So you see all, all, as much information as possible. And part of the beauty of doing the desire thing is you get a chance to... You see so many of them that you get a chance to just be a bit more relaxed and put them into a different environment and actually start looking at all the angles of the frames and lining them up with other things and having them upside down, having them on their end, balancing them. In a way, because they're boring, it, it means it's quite fun creatively because you, you can actually push everything. You end up with photographs of them on, you know, on the beach, in a skip, in, you know, some, in, in the bath with Stuart, all kinds of... Uh, all kinds of uh, 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 what's your favourite of the uh, ones you've been asked to do? Ooh, actually... Um, Looking-wise, we put one on the roof once. We put a Specialised on the roof um, and had it upside down and it was balanced on the rooftop. Yes. And I don't think anybody realised how precarious it was. But the, all the alignments of the frames uh, line up with all the architecture in the background beautifully. But the bike is at a completely weird angle to what you'd ever expect it to be. And that's still one of my favourites, even though it's but it's maybe because it's more of a a, a sort of a creative technical thing rather than the weirdness. We've had some fun putting bikes in strange places. Probably the only thing most people know about photographing bikes is that you're always supposed to do it from the drive side, not the other side. Is that actually a rule that makes sense? Or well, the, the rules are. I'm glad you got onto the rules because when we first sort of thought about the idea of desire. The very first meeting was all the other bike magazines do bike reviews. Ruler, we can't do this. If we do it, we have to do it in our own special way. And we have to almost look at the rules and throw them out the window and deliberately not do the rules. The first desire section we ever did, I shot a Colinago C60 on the small ring. And I think we got bombarded, didn't we, by emails. Bombarded with um, two, two. Mrs. Trellis in North Wales. Oh, that was it? Yeah. And since then, you see, we've been really nervous of putting it on the small ring. But that's the exact... We always put pedals on the bikes, so they always could be ridden. Um, You're supposed to put the cranks at a certain angle. There's two... The two yeah, yeah they're always so supposed you, to be in top gear, blah, yeah, blah, blah. The cranks are either level with the uh, rear stay, or they can be lined up with the down tube. 
But some of the angles that we end up putting bikes, you have to use the cranks to support the bike so they can't always be lined up. And then some wheels, uh, logos up, logos down, valves up, valves hidden. There's a whole line, you know, list of rules, but we deliberately flaunt them. Uh, out of all the bikes in the uh, Desire Edition, uh, what's your favourite? Shall we start with you, Miles? I actually found it really hard to put my finger on one particular bike, I think because there are some really, really special, special bikes in there. Um, I really like the new Parley, because aesthetically it just hits all the right notes for me. I mean, in person it's a thing of beauty. It, this actually, this one was a prototype, wasn't it, Stu? I've, you know what, um, it's out, it's available now, but it's really funny you say that because that was one of my least favourite. Really? Isn't it funny? Controversial. Oh, isn't it? Maybe, isn't maybe it we're really not friends funny? anymore. Yeah, <laughs> unfriended. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful bike, but it was one of those ones where I was like, meh. But then I'm not an aero bike guy. You are. Yeah, you're the true. aero bike guy. Yeah you're, yeah, you're deliberately the climber bike guy, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. You like climbing. Yeah. But no, I think the Parlay just... Um, was a real thing of beauty, but I, I think you'd struggle to look through the pages without stopping at that Sato. I mean, I think, yeah. I think Ian, you, yeah. you mentioned something similar. That, that a, gold yes, is a beauty. just yeah, yeah. a beauty. Yeah, that's a um, cool one. And you don't see one of those rolling down your, your local sportive or in the club run very often at all. So no, that's right. Seeing something quite unusual is, um, is one of the things that was really nice about this issue. It's got so many niche little brands that you wouldn't see elsewhere. And we've just shot them in such a great way that you get to really experience them, which is absolutely ideal. This, yeah, if I was picking one, I think the Sato was the one that was a, a bit of a jaw dropper. It looks totally unpractical because it looks like it's got a painted saddle. So I don't know how long yeah. that would stay that it colour. Yeah. But it was such a pretty bike, you know, and just like jaw droppingly pretty. But the, the shocker for me was actually the Ribble because I never looked ribbles in the same way than when we pulled out that lightweight ribble and I just like I mean it was beautifully built up yeah. but it was such an elegant bike for I mean it was just doesn't matter what brand it was it was beautiful very elegantly put together very minimal very sort of everything flowed every component yeah. was spot on it was a bit of a shock for me that one yeah they've changed the game a bit haven't they really massively yeah massively they've they've it's like a complete overhaul it's barely like recognizable as the same brand they've used um such high-end components on it but it, well, it's lightweight wheels isn't it those uh little tiny oh, 30 mil yeah i mean they must weigh nothing oh yeah those are the those wheels are fantastic i mean they're the lightweight wheels are always the ones that you sort of lust after when you photograph and you think oh yeah that's the ultimate um but Wheel the goals. lightweight ones i mean the lightweight lightweights are drop dead they're mm. so elegant so beautiful you know it doesn't matter even the weight of it just it was such a pretty beautifully put together bike set off very nicely by the tan walls as well so that's going to spark a debate now because i'm definitely a tan wall oh, I'm tan combo. wall definitely tan wall they are a bugger to keep clean though aren't they? ah i've got a tip for that listeners at home yeah. methylated spirit Boom, there you go. You heard it first. Yeah, eat them away. Yeah, doesn't it eat them away? No, mine are still there. Yeah, how right. old are yours? <laughs> Two weeks? <laughs> Probably a couple of, like, so what, mess is like, it's quite low, isn't it? It's not like paint stripper, is it? It's only a bit mess. 
I'd drink it if it weren't purple. Uh, actually, don't do that. No. Uh, I, I got, I, so I, I came back from Mallorca and I'd, I'd got a bit of chain black thing on my town wall, tyres, and I thought, I don't want to get that off. A bit of mess. So oh, I rubbed it, it came I, off, and they're like sparkling new. I'll give it a go. I mean, the sideboard's blown out a couple of times. The tyres <laughs> look great. I, I, I knew, um, oh, I'm not going to mention any names, but I know a guy that actually sprays his with lacquer. He's that no, name keen. Him. Name him. I'm, I'm not, because it'll kill me. But yeah, yeah. he sprays his, he sprays his with lacquer. He's what, that anal. What, hair lacquer or paint lacquer? Paint lacquer. Just to keep them clean. But what's that when he puts the them on? It must crack. It must be terrible. But I mean, he, this, oh, yeah, he's, quite, he's, he's quite, yeah. he's quite um, serious when it comes to his builds. Stuart, what's yours then? My own bike, of course. Oh, of course. Oh. <laughs> um, oh. All right, all right. There we go. We said we were going right. to get him on that. I like, I like, um, well, the Colnago, the yeah. C64. When that turned up, I was like, yeah, I would. But what bike would I have other than my own? And what that's, that's really nice. I appreciate that. That's really, really nice. But if I was going to pick something that I haven't already got, because I don't have a gravel bike, I think I'd maybe have a, have a crack on the Fesca. Those boys are really good. And always also, beautiful paint, aren't they? Beautiful paint. Um, and it's just they, they they did it with like 650b wheels as well. A small some... wheel's going to become a thing. Meh, I don't know. Well, don't 650b's, which are just yeah. like a funny size wheel. Aren't yeah, they? yeah. I've I've got two bikes with 650b's, and then I can swap. I swap to 650 or 700s, and I. It's like moods. Sometimes I feel like 650b. Sometimes I feel like 700. I think 700 is faster. Definitely, but the 650B kind of makes you happier, if I can say. The fatter tyres, the more relaxed. Um, it can make the uh, bike a little more... Um, Twitchy? Yeah, rocky. Um, uh, it, it, it makes it feel like a shorter wheelbase bike. Uh, but it makes it like a little heavier on the sort of acceleration. But it does take up everything on the road. It's lovely. Yeah. It just makes you smile. If you could do a really long ride, it's uh, really nice. 650Bs could be the future then, which would be weird, wouldn't it? Well, it makes, it makes a lot of sense for smaller people, you know, yeah. apart from anything else. Yeah. And I'm probably um, the smallest here, so that's probably it, why I like them. Ian, any bikes that stand out for you? Well, I've probably mentioned my um, uh, hatred of black bikes before, so I'm going to do a complete U-turn on here and talk about two black bikes, the Heroin, which is the most amazing looking bike I've seen. Oh, it's black, but the, the dimpled finish and the slotted forks and the little gold details just um, just make it really stand out for me. Um, I'm not sure I'd buy it just because, you know, I, I don't want to ride a black bike. Um, but, and this is where I have the advantage when I talk about the other bike, the advantage I have over um, uh, the other guys is I actually got to ride this one because they left it with us for a bit and to take it for a ride and it's the Accept um, small Italian brand handmade carbon and man it flew it absolutely flew and it just made me feel great it made me feel fit that's yeah which which is an extraordinary thing you know I actually felt fit and wanted to carry on riding and I haven't felt that for ages so for for that alone I'd say I love the accept. Thank you very much. Bikes like that are like a uh, a fitness compensator. Yeah, yeah. And it was fully tricked out as well, isn't it? That's yeah. like Envy's. Yeah. 
DI2. Proper smart. Unfortunately, like, I had to send it back a week later. Ka-ching. Yeah, you you could you could buy a you could buy a, a car for that. I mean, it'd be a shit one, but it's a nice bike. Well, we're going to be talking about uh, favourite current bits of kit in a moment. Um, you're listening to the Ruler Podcast, supported by Lacquer. Lacquer is an innovative bicycle insurance company powered by the community. Cyclists join Lacquer to protect their bikes and gear without paying upfront premiums. Instead, Lacquer settles claims in the community first and shares the cost with everyone at the end of the month. No claims mean you don't pay. My name is Rupert Englander. Um, I'm a self-confessed mammal, and uh, I've been a member of LACA since probably about January last year. Funny enough, I literally had to make my first claim last week. I had an off on the way back from work. Nothing serious, thankfully, but I managed to sort of break the hub in my rear wheel and derailleur got bent and so on. I tore the saddle. And the guys at LACA have been astonishing. I mean, I, literally, I submitted a claim, which is just you, you take a photo, a couple of photos and a, a video of what's happened. So this was after hours, obviously, I was commuting home. So I didn't expect to hear anything until at least the next day. I think it was about 20 minutes, actually, of the actual claim going in. Ordered a saddle that night. He's been working with a company called Von Crank, who have actually got my bike now and are, uh, are actually fixing it up and will deliver it back to me in full working mode uh, tomorrow. It's a bit like having a mate. When you say, look, oh, something's happened and, uh, you know, I've broken the bike or whatever, and they go, right, do nothing, don't worry about it, I'll sort it for you. So um, I've been really impressed with the, um, the service I've received as a result of it. And this is the Ruler Podcast, supported by Laka, L-A-K-A dot co dot UK. So I, when I started riding, um, it was in the days when uh, the chamois in shorts were actually made out of goat. Most clothing was either red or black. And I think there were probably two or three decent clothing manufacturers. Assos was one. Descent. Are they still going? They were quite... No, I'm aware. No, they were good. Yeah. And Castelli was around. But other than that, um, most of it was pretty crap. Yeah. Um, but um, now, uh, as we've already said, there's uh, hundreds of uh, smaller companies and also um, a real range of colours. Because a few years ago, everything was quite, you know, following on from Rafa, everything was quite muted, everything was quite dark, everything was quite stylish and, uh, and, and stayed almost, or traditional almost. Now, the fashion seems to be uh, the brighter the better. Oh, yeah, there are some really, re- really, really... Le- but there's a lot of kits around. And I think at the moment we're in, like, you have the choice. If you're a guy who wants to wear black muted colours, there's plenty of brands for you. If you want to wear Larry kit, there's plenty of brands for you. I think it's just... I don't think there's one particular trend, which is... I mean, the fade and stuff was, was, was a real big thing a couple of years back and... But I don't know if there's one specific thing that is like, that's the trend now. I think cut and quality is a massive trend. Cut and the fit is really, really important. Re- regardless, like, color, you know, the colour palettes and people that are using, and it's, there is a lot out to choose from. But, yeah, the fit is, is super important, like getting, getting that right. And that's the problem with buying stuff online, what we were saying. Rather than going to a bike shop where you can try something on, getting fit right and things like that is like one of the issues that you have when you are a smaller brand and you're producing like smaller quantities quantities that people you know a kit will arrive and they'll go oh yeah but this doesn't fit right and then this 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 and it does seem you know a totally unscientific sort of survey there's fewer people riding in pro kit as well which non-pros riding in pro kit which is probably a good thing as well isn't it well yeah yeah no uh, you know what 
I'm, I'm going the other... I'm, I, I might regret saying this, but the pro kit thing, as long as... If you're not in a leader's jersey or something like that, you have to earn the stripes and things. But pro kit, it's an interesting one. Because if you go to Belgium or Italy, like heartlands of cycling, you go to Flanders, everyone's wearing the quackstep kit. And it's just like supporting your local team. It's... Uh, but I, I haven't got an issue with it. I, I, just, I, I don't mind seeing people riding bikes, no matter what they're wearing, to be honest. Well, I was at Romandy last week and I saw an old fella in full Sony, original Sonier Duval kit. Wow. That amazing yellow, well, amazing slash hideous, where, which was, I, I was, thought it was absolutely extraordinary. That, that, yeah. that was still going yeah. after how many years? 20? Yeah. I don't know. Cycling's fun. Still just, have, just have fun with it. It's like we, we can think about this and take it too seriously, which is one of the things that Benedict always said when, when he was shooting stuff. It's like we need, we need to, like, we, we're, we're having fun. Cycling's a fun thing. We need to demonstrate the fact that it's fun and accessible to people. And, and wearing pro kit, if, if you want to wear pro kit, go for your life, mate. You're not, you're not hurting anyone. You know, it doesn't make you a bad person. But talking of unscientific surveys, I drove out of London the other day and passed lots of cyclists, you know, in on their own or in ones and twos or in groups. And uh, it really struck me how many different clothing brands there were and how colourful it all was. Um, I would say five years ago, nearly all of them would have been wearing Rafa. That's you know, apart, true. Apart, yeah, from the club, right. apart from the club riders, you know, in their club kit. Yeah. It would have been nearly all Rafa, yeah. and that's not the case now. That people I've, are really kind of branching out in all I've, sorts of directions. I've recently discovered this Lee Hollywood Turner on Instagram. Oh, the the Australian guy oh, who man. wears bang, uh, pro- bang, bang, bang! Right, yeah. it's the funniest thing on on Instagram at the moment. If you're not on it, look you him need up. To check this look guy him out. I've not heard of him. And yeah. this is how, like, wearing he in a nutshell, Australian guy. And he's having the most fun you've ever seen anyone have on a road bike. Different pro kit every day. He's got over 200 kits, but <laughs> he's, yeah, but he has like... It's a little bit less than you, isn't it? All the kits, yeah, exactly, yeah, mm-hmm. he's nearly got them. They're all like pro kits, but he'll, he'll recreate race, races, like, and then, and his mates, fit. just go and go and watch it, it's, it is amazing. What's it called again? Lee, Lee Turner? Yeah, Lee Hollywood Turner. He's, honestly, it's hilarious. But the thing is, now the pros have got on it, they send him kit, like Greg Van Avermaet. They send him a kit. And he's there, there's a shot of him riding down. Oh, Greg, your second string now, mate. You haven't delivered on the classics. And then, and then the next one, bang, and he does this thing. The bang is the thing where he's attacks. And then, then the next video is Greg Van Avermaet doing this like, video to him, which is uh, it's amazing. He's, he's, a, he's a cult hero. We should get him on, actually. It would be yeah, amazing, yeah. mate. That's the thing, like, where people are saying, like, you know, the, the pro kit thing, that's not cool. You know, nothing's cool. No, nothing's cool. Having fun is the coolest thing. It's just have fun with whatever you're doing, and cycling should be about that. Yeah, make your own cool. Yeah, nothing, and nothing's cool. Okay, best uh, technical development of this century, then. So the best thing that's happened, either in kit or in bikes... Uh, since 2000, roughly. Who wants to go first? Who wants to go first? Oh, I'll go jump on. in. Mine's yeah. a bit, sounds a bit boring, but tubeless, tubeless tyres. That's def- where I live. I do a lot of cross-country riding, and 
know, it took me three years to pluck up courage to go tubeless. All my mountain bike friends were telling me to go tubeless. And it's like, it looks like a lot of faff. And there's so many stories of it going wrong. And I did it. And I literally, my first outing, rode across Hawthorne Hedge and uh, loads of Hawthorns. I thought, oh, no, that's it. Giant one. Pulled it out, pitch black at night, and it sealed immediately. And then I haven't really looked backwards from there. And in fact, I, when, when I go riding, I actually look at everybody and ask them if they got inner tubes. And it's almost like if they've got inner tubes, it's like, oh, OK, I think I'll have to tailor the ride to fit your inner tubes because you're just going to punch her. It does seem that people are either sort of uh, really dedicated to tubeless, really fans of tubeless, or or hate it, you know, have tried it and hated it. It's, it the, a lot of people struggle to get them right, it, don't they? I, I don't see what there is to hate apart from the faff to set it up. But once you have, it's just... It's, talk about fit and forget. I mean, you, yeah. I, I've... I've not had a puncture since I've had tubeless that I'm aware of. Yeah. <laughs> for, for road or off-road? Road. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I've, I've taken off tyres yeah. and they look like porcupine. They look like hedgehogs on the inside. They've got that many thorns in them. And you think every one of those would have been a puncture. If you've had one catastrophic failure with tubeless, that usually, if you go riding in a group and someone has one and then they spend half an hour trying to get the tyre off and get an inner tube in or, and everyone else goes, I'm never going to have tubeless. I mean, I've had one of those in my whole time, but as for punctures, I've had virtually zero, you know, where it's been an issue. Hmm. That's cool. Right, who's next? Miles? Yeah, I'll go. Um, I'll tell you one of the things that, it's a bit geeky actually thinking about it, but as, oh. as, as we're on the road, we'll go for it. Um, and the thing I really like that bikes are doing now is all the different varieties of carbon layup and shape. That means that any one bike, when you look closely, is not going to look exactly the same as another bike. So not only can you build in comfort or aerodynamics, or in the case of Colnago, you can build in lugs that hark back to the traditional styling of, of Colnago's heritage. And you can do all that with that one super material. I mean, that's pretty cool. And, yeah, back in 2000s, that just wasn't a thing. You just couldn't do that. So now you, with one material, you can build bikes that do far more things. You know, now carbon is really coming into its its prime. You know, aluminium's it's trying to get there, but it's always going to be limited by the fact that it's a metal. And, I mean, uh, maybe you might disagree, Ian, but I think carbon's got to be the, the way forward. I know Stu's on my side. I love a bit of carbon, but then... It depends. Ah, oh, for me though, I, I've got like, I mean, like, I love steel. The romance. There's no I romance the romance. in carbon. No, there's none. No. But there's no doubt that it rides. Yeah, it's brilliantly. It's great. It, you know, it's 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 lighter. You can do the tube shapes and make it aerodynamic, and you know, in a wind tunnel. Real world, we'll see. But um, but you can you can you can do that with it, and there's no doubt, and it rides beautifully. Carbon, but In the right steel. Hands. Colnago Master. Oh, it's yeah. Exactly. See that that noise you made <laughs> yeah, there? Exactly. The yeah, slightly no. sex noise. Yeah. Right. Um, that is that is a thing of beauty. Yeah, and it will always be a steel bike. Yep. Carbon bikes that I look at from say what. Nine years ago, they look 
dog ugly compared yeah, but to like, a C forty. I think was the first the carb uh, the Colonago C forty. That still looks cool. That's You're right though. The that ultimate is collector's bike. Yeah, that and is that's cool. like a very early carbon bike. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's that probably, is probably. I don't know true. how good it is in in reality, but it's very sought after. Ian's. We haven't got any of these in the magazine, and I'm not sure it's of this century or not, but it's probably quite close. But I'm going for the balance bike. Mm. Kids no, bike. We it? definitely haven't the got any bike. in there. No, You're right, though. Have. No. Why I, I, we? If you're talking about a, a, a complete revolution, uh, you know, the days when my kids were young and I was uh, trying to teach them how to ride a bike involved running around a park, bent double, um, in a back-breaking kind of stance, and then letting go and hoping for the best. Um, it was only when somebody told me to take the pedals off and uh, so you take one thing out of the equation because they're trying to pedal, they're trying to balance, they're trying to use the brakes, they're trying to steer. That's an awful lot to have a, you know, to, to take on board in one go. Yeah. You take the pedals out of the equation, you're away, and just you'd see the kids on the balance bikes, on these strider bikes now. And, I mean, and there's a, a, a thing doing the rounds on social media at the moment of a, a, a balance bike race, a bunch of three-year-olds, I think, I guess. Yeah, and Japanese. They are absolutely the best flying. The handling, the handling is off oh. the scale. You see that one where the kid does the undercut and overtakes yeah. just before the last oh, corner. Yes. If, yeah, what a move! Yeah. Yeah. If you want to see move, skill, man. yeah, learn skills, you should watch that over and over again. Yeah. It's fantastic. Then, and in addition to that, kids' bikes have got loads better. You look at, like, yeah. Isla bikes right. and things like that. So my wife got my little boy a, a bike full sus mountain bike and i remember it was I, I i was like what what have you done it like weighed a ton and i live in an area that's particularly flat anyway so it's not too bad but it, where where i live it's flat but it's also windy and we went out on it and he's riding into the wind and this is not even that long ago and uh and he was just i i, I feared that he was getting put off a bike forever so uh I've sort of looked around and I thought, oh, kids buy the grow out of them quite quickly. I'll have a look on, on, a, on an online auction site and um, found um, an Isla bike on there. And I was like, got that. And uh, yeah, he wants to go out on his bike more. Funny that. I don't know if other uh, kids bikes manufacturers do this, but Isla bikes do a scheme whereby you trade in that's right, yeah. as they grow, which is fantastic. I, I don't know why uh, the guy didn't do that. What genius. Who, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's, but it's great. It's so good. And like, kid, yeah, that, that level, even, you know, there's, 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 there's a lot. There's a lot out there that, that are just better. Stuart, what's yours? Uh, thanks for asking, Ian. Uh, mine is going to be MIPS. Yeah. Dude, you the- weren't expecting that, were you? You were going to think it was going to be something really, really fickle. But I've been reading Ian's article. MIPS on, helmet technology. Yeah, That's mul- multiple about, yeah. impact. Protection, <laughs> you know that thing that wobbles around, that thing like the concussion stuff that Ian's been writing about in the current issue. Was it? What's the one now? Nineteen point three. That's the second part of this you've done, mm. more, and it's yeah. That that's mine. Going to become more important uh, probably going forward. Actually, as people realise. Uh, the significance and the danger of uh, of head injuries and, and yeah. safety generally, I imagine. It's it's crazy into how cycling has been. I'm not going to name teams here, but I know a rider that hit his head a, a couple of times and uh, in crashes, got back on his bike, finished the race, came back, did it again. Was in Belgium, racing in Belgium, 
went down, hit his head, and actually knocked himself out. And then um, when he sort of came around, came around and they, they looked at his brain and they said, that's it. You're not riding. for a, you, You've got to have time off now. And this was, and it did him for a whole season. He didn't, he's racing back now, uh, but he, he had pretty much a year off from riding doctor's orders. You're not going, if you hit your head again, you're going to do, do I mean. It's that old DS thing though of, uh, you know, getting the rider back up, sticking on the bike, pushing them off, isn't it? It's, uh... yeah. Well, it's become, it's over doing the, the two, the two pieces on the subject has become a bit of a sort of pet um, subject of mine. And, and I just, I come across it more and more. The more, the more you learn about it, the more you, 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 you realize there are, there are riders who are, are crashing, um, hitting their heads, suffering from concussion, and then they're on Twitter, you know, hours later going, oh, I've got a concussion, but I'm fine. Well, you're not fine. You shouldn't be on Twitter. You should be lying in a darkened room, uh, not stimulating your brain. Some teams are way more ahead of it than others. The American teams seem to be further ahead with it uh, because of their, they have a higher awareness of concussion due to the American football who obviously they, they have massive issues with that because they are, you know, repeatedly concussed effectively throughout the throughout the throughout a game um so they they seem to be more on top of it than some of the old school european teams but it's 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 getting better benedict before we go if you had one uh tip for people taking pictures of their bikes what would it be be careful of the wind (laughs) (laughs) the wind is your biggest enemy when you're trying to balance and proper bike up with deep section carbons Yeah, yeah yeah um it always makes me a bit nervous um I mean, I photographed a lot of bikes and I've had a couple blow over. When you think they're rock solid, in fact, I've, I've even had a motorcycle blow over in the wind. You know, the wind can be quite tricky. So it's always handy to have someone very close by if you've got a windy day. That would be my number one tip. Top tip. Okay, well, that's it from this uh, podcast. Thanks to Ian, Stuart, uh, Miles and Benedict. Uh, Ruler Desire is in the shops or in your mailboxes now or very soon. And the new Ruler magazine will be coming along soon after that. And we'll be back with another podcast before the end of May. Catch you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.